Hey, this is Triple M's Homegrown. I've got to say, this is a massive treat for me. Uh, just a pleasure. One of our greatest singer-songwriters ever joining me uh, from his house in Los Angeles. Colin Hayer, you also... What a song. So many hits. It's the soundtrack to my childhood, yours too. And it is always a treat when our great singer-songwriters give us new music, and I'm loving this. Lovers everywhere. Just makes you feel good. Colin Hay, welcome to Triple M's Homegrown. It is a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. I'm in, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, actually. I'm not at home at the moment. All oh, right. Well, never, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a wall behind me. It could be anywhere. <laughs> hey, well, how good is it to be back on tour doing what you love? You know, everything was kind of up in the air in the wild. And uh, for, for someone like you who spent your life on the road and recording albums and being in different places, it must be good to scratch that itch and get back to doing what you do best. I was really enjoying being home, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a little bit stressful before you head out. It always is before you go out on tour. You think, my God, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. And remind me why. I'm, and then uh, once you're out there, you forget about everything else. It's basically that's what you're doing. And so you just mm. focus on that. And I'm, man- I'm managing so far to put my fingers on the right strings and yeah. um, sing the right songs and everything. So it's all going rather smoothly, I have to say. Uh, were, were there any like uh, like simple things that you were doing wrong? Because it had been so long since you'd been on tour, like little things that you'd forget on the road that you were just like, man, I can't believe I forgot this. Can't believe I forgot that. Just like little things that you'd normally be so on top of when you're touring. Um, so far, no. Good. So far, I've seemed to have, I seem to have remembered everything I'm supposed to remember, which is, which is the big, which is the big fear of of actually not remembering what you're supposed to remember. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, especially, hey. especially when you're. Especially when you're approaching 70, you think, my God, am I, when am I going to need that teleprompter? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's so good, man, because I feel like they're quite common the more gigs I go to nowadays. How good is oh, it? Oh, they are. You know, and oh, they, a lot of people have got teleprompters and they're, and they're half my age. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, h- how good is it for you to be at your point in your career, man, where, to, like, to release new music and to go out on the road and to play shows, who, uh, play shows to people who – are so in love with your back catalogue as well. It just must be such an, an amazing feeling to go out and play these songs that people have been celebrating for so long and to play, you know, new music to that audience as well. You're kind of scratching that itch too. I know. I'm very, very lucky in that regard because um, when the, you know, when the original band uh, went away, I just started making records uh, um, 35 years ago, however long ago it was, because mm. it's really the only thing that I, I knew how to do and go out on the road. And so I, when I started to go out on the road, the, the model was, the model I would make a record and then I would, um, I didn't really have a record deal or anything. I just, I just did it myself in my yeah. basement and I made the record and then I would go out on the road yeah. and uh, play shows and sell them. And so that became, that became the model. It was, it was a cottage industry, so to speak. Um, mm. And then, but it, but it developed. It just developed from that. So whatever I have now, the audiences who come and see me are pretty much built on that. They're pretty much built on, on on all the records that I've done, including the Men at Work records. Yeah. Um, and there's always a, there's always a sizable amount of people who come along because they want to hear Overkill or they want to hear Down Under, and they're yeah. they're big songs, and you and you can't ignore those songs at all. And, yeah. and why would you? But um, all these other songs that I play from all the other albums. 
there's a lot of people who really love them. Yeah, and, big time. And so there's probably, a, as I say, I'm I'm very fortunate to have to have been able to um, you know go on this journey and have people come along with me who yeah. who are. Um, who are, who are who are appreciating what what I'm doing? You know, there's nothing better, really. Yeah, man. I was thinking, I was thinking about that today. You're so, you're so right. Like business as usual. Like that, that album. Like obviously being so great was. Uh, you know, people would hear that album and then you know follow you guys forever. And it's weird. Like you know, being a music fan, like sometimes when you buy an album, you buy it because of one song. But then there's that other song that you know, track nine or track ten, a song that no one really knows that becomes your favorite. You know, that's the beautiful thing about music yeah. and like. You know, buying albums. I, I know. feel. Yeah. So what happened with that's what happened with Business as Usual, where all the surfers tended to love uh, the last track on the record, which was Down by the Sea. You know, yeah. which was you know, which was written. I have to say, uh, you know, uh, affected by by some uh, by a friend of ours, Gate, who came around and, and gave us a spliff of what he called Sumatran tripping grass. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so that that song was <laughs> yeah. written under that. And under that influence, and I always make this joke of it that you know, when in its original form, it was four hours and forty minutes long. That song, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, man. but uh, yeah, a yeah. lot, a lot, of, a lot of the surfers used to really like that song. You know? Yeah, it was, the, it was the it was the last track, which was which was it was all just it was all just mood, you know. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. Uh, what, what's it like, man? I guess like last year we celebrated the fortieth release since it's released in Australia. Can you just paint the picture of what it's like to just, I, I play in a band myself and like we released a debut album. We might've sold, I don't know, maybe 5,000 copies. And we went and we played, we headlined the ESPY in Melbourne, which you know, and we just thought like, that was incredible. Like, this is amazing. And then we're like, I read up on business as usual, like 15 weeks at number one, millions of, uh, you know, copies sell. What was it like kind of yeah. being in that bubble and, you know, being propelled like, you know, quite quickly, you know, I, I can only... I can't, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. It was, um, it was truly extraordinary. We'd, we'd spent a couple of years uh, building, you know, building up to something. Mm. And uh, we, had, we had a really strong live following in Australia. And we, we did this tour of ni- in 1981 where we knew something was really going to happen. We could just feel it. You, you, know, yeah. you get this sense, this kind, of, this kind of wave is starting to kind of, is starting to yeah. uh, rise behind you. And you just think, well, I just got to stay on the board here and not fall off and just try and try and, you know, take this where, ride this where it's going to go. And, um, mm. And so it kept on doing that. It just kept on, it kept on, it, it kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, we got a lucky break because we opened up Fleetwood Mac for three months in the States uh, in, in the end of 82. And who can it be now? We're starting to chart. And that really helped us because we're playing in front of 18,000, 20,000 people a night, which was really their odd. Which yeah. was, but it was really their audience. Yeah, yeah. So we we would play, we would play for thirty minutes or forty minutes and play that song at the end. And by the end of that tour, who can it be now? Was or or by halfway through that tour, it was like number three. And then we got offered to do um, uh, to do Saturday Night Live, and so we did Saturday Night Live. Wow. And that put it that 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 put it over the over the, that that became uh, went from number three to number one then on the on the Monday. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty nuts. I have to say um, that whole that whole period for for a couple of years it was it, it, that's what it was. You know, it was relatively short lived, but for uh, in terms of that the height of it, uh, and and we weren't a band that was destined to to uh, uh, for that lineup to go the distance. But you know, for a while there, there was it was it was about as big as you can get. Yeah, I feel like. Um whenever I talk to like my family and stuff, like my, my dad and his friends, I used to watch you play in Richmond 
And like the overwhelming, yeah. the overwhelming sense was everyone just felt really proud that, you know, like a Melbourne band, you know, went and did it. Did, did you feel like that when you'd, you'd come home after these shows, you'd, you'd see the face. It's like, yeah, man, you, you kind of did it for us. Well, that's, as I say, that tour we did in 1980, 1981 felt like that because yeah. we started off in Melbourne and when we went up, we went, we went right up the, up the coast of Australia, which is you know, there's nowhere else to tour really except <laughs> yeah. going up the coast because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where the people are. We um we were playing really well and we had and we could tell that what was going to happen and the audiences could tell what was going to happen and so they you know they wanted to come too. They get so that they gave us all their energy. They gave us all their you know they gave us all their their um support, uh, spiritual support, and all kinds in all kinds of different ways. And so, yeah, I, I felt very I felt very. Uh, I don't think pride, proud is the right word, but I, I just, I felt really part of, I, re, I felt really part of, of Melbourne in particular, you know, because yeah, cool. we were definitely a, we were definitely a band from Melbourne. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's, I guess it's like really cool looking back and like looking at the charts, like obviously like I've done my research and had a look back and like, there's the Thriller album that dropped and then there's like to be in the charts at the same time as that happening. What was that like as a music fan to, to like, be watching Michael Jackson drop this incredible album and you're kind of competing with him at the same time. Like this is, it's just like a crazy thing to look back on. Right. Yeah. Well, he, he took over from us after the 15 weeks. He yeah. went to number one, I think. So that was, that was, um, that was quite, um, high company to be in, you know, yeah, to, be, to be in that company. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, they were the, they were the, really the two, the two records that got CBS records out of a uh, big time you know, potential financial difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about now. It's like, um, I look at your tour schedule and it's a beautiful thing, man. It's just like, you've got your shows, uh, you've got, uh, the Rick Springfield, John White shows, you've got, um, your solo tour as well. Then you're playing with Ringo. It's just, it must seem like it's such a healthy mix of different combinations. It must just be so much fun to have that flexibility to bounce from one thing to another. Yeah. That's really the amazing thing about this year is I haven't really done much, uh, you know, touring as men at work in the last, in the last few years, but. I got offered this thing, and and I have a I have a Los Angeles based band, uh, which is yep. which is a beautiful band. It's it's a fantastic band. These uh, three Cuban guys and uh, Sheila Gonzalez, who's of or who's of Guatemalan extraction, who um, plays saxophone and flute. Great, great musician. And my wife Cecilia Noel sings with me and plays percussion. And oh, how cool. she's a great songwriter in her own right. But you know, she had a band in the '90s which was legendary in in uh, in Los Angeles. She's a great band leader, but great. she sings with me as well. So it's like a it's like a gang. You know, it's like a cool. It's like being in a gang and being in having your own having your own little universe. Yeah. Uh, and so that's really that's really cool. And then to play with John, I've worked with John in the past. John Waite, we did me, John and I did a Ringo tour together, two thousand three. I, I didn't I didn't know Rick. I haven't really known Rick. I, I just I just met him in the last few months. And so, and uh, you know, he's a real rock star. So you know th- that that particular uh, grouping is, works really well. The audiences are great. And I, I finished that September third, and then September fourth, I've got to go and back on the on the Ringo tour because we, that got postponed because of COVID a couple of, yeah. a couple of times. Uh, but, it, but, it, but we, we, we started that tour and then a couple of the guys got COVID. So we had to postpone that. So the day after I go straight back into that and that's, that's, yeah, yeah. it's all, it's all mixed up, but it all, it all works. It's all, you know, it's all just, mm. um, standing on, standing on a stage. And as I say, you know, yeah. trying to put your fingers on the right strings. Can you, uh, can you tell me when you got the call from Ringo? 
uh, when that when you found out about that? How did you how did that come together? I was driving along Santa Monica Boulevard and um, I got a, I got the call. You know, a guy said, "Do you want to go out on the road with Ringo?" and and I just thought, I mean, I took about three seconds to say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, and then I just went home and I just thought, wow. And I, I said to Cecilia, I said, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be playing with Ringo. And it was just, there's only one, there's only yeah. one Ringo. <laughs> What's it like being on the road? Because it, because it's, you know, is it? It kind of. I went and saw him when he played at our uh, festival hall in Melbourne, and uh, I was looking at everyone in the crowd, and it was just euphoric. Like everyone had a smile on their face. It was just like. I couldn't explain what yeah. it was like being at that gig. You know, it was like it, it, it's yeah. a snippet of what Beatles mania must've been like. Can, can you kind of explain what it's like being in that bubble and playing these songs? Well, you're playing all these other people's songs as well. And you're, yeah. you're basically in a, in a, in a great covers band. You're playing, you're, 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 you're being a side man to all the other songs. You're playing the parts, you're singing the parts and you're playing whatever parts that the songwriter, whoever made that song famous, you play it like they want it to be played, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the, that's what you do. You know, whether you want to play a certain way, doesn't yeah. matter. You yeah. play it the way they want it to be played because it's their song. Mm. And that works really well um, for everyone's songs. And, um, and then you turn around and the, the, the thing that binds the whole thing together is the fact that Ringo's leading the band and he was in the Beatles. <laughs> Crazy, man. Yeah, so that never, so that never, that novelty never really wears off, you yeah. know. Because th that was the because he was in the band that um, that gave you this gave you this gave us this gift that keeps on giving you know great answer hey Colin uh, running out of time here mate I just want to say it's been such a pleasure to talk to you always been on the bucket list congrats on everything you've got going on uh, for the rest of this year and all the shows you got happening early next year as well touring around the UK it's uh, busy which is a good thing all right I'm really really very much looking forward to it.